you've asked a doctor, why is this happening to me? And the answer is, we don't know. We want you to remember that doesn't have to be the end of the line. Our mission here on When Doctors Say We Don't Know is to learn how to use all types of medicines so we can stop thinking the answer is the diagnosis. You have a choice to go beyond. This is an inclusive conversation. You'll hear insights from doctors, tips from practitioners, and stories from people just like you who are frustrated with the status quo of the health industry. Listen to how they found ways to cross the dividing line and reach out for true health beyond diagnosis. Because sometimes what we've been taught is healthcare is keeping us sick. My name is Eva Venari. Welcome to the show. And I'm founder of the Elevate Institute. I will be your host for today's podcast. When doctors say we don't know is an inclusive conversation and so many are craving to share their stories and experiences. Today's guest is no exception. Today's honored guest is Carrie Cardozo. Carrie, known as the business psychic, started her business six years ago after having her job running a multimillionaire, leaving her job, running a multimillionaire dollar company. And she works with established entrepreneurs and businesses to guide them to reach new levels of impact success and profit while staying true to who they are and the purpose they are here to share in the world. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here for this conversation today. Yeah, I thank you for raising your hand to be a part of it because there are so many people experiencing this very private curiosity. I, I, gosh, I went to the doctor and I asked them for some help and my answer in reply instead of you have this, this is what you need to do was, well, we don't, we don't really know. So have you ever, you've been faced with this? I have, I've been faced with it a couple times in my life, actually. Um, When I was, uh, my freshman year of college actually was the very first time I started having really, really bad migraines to the point where I couldn't even sit in class. And I went from doctor to doctor. They they cut, they had me cut my hair because it was super long what? and I thought maybe it was heavy. Yeah, oh, like we cut got my it. hair. Okay. We, I had my wisdom teeth taken out. I, um, everything you could think of, I got taken off of birth control pills. They could not find, I had MRIs and CAT scans. They could not find a single reason why I was having such debilitating migraines. And I had never had them before in my life ever. Um, and looking back now, it was really that I was out of alignment with what I was doing. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be studying what I was studying. I was so frustrated in my life at that time. Um, but they, they like couldn't figure it out for me. And it was really frustrating being 19 years old, trying to study and literally not being able to like open my eyes at times because it was so bad, so bad. 19 years old and already having daily, was it daily migraines? Is that what I heard? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was like daily migraines. Yeah. Yep. So this is interesting. Just you're, you're, you're tickling a memory of my own. I used to get the daily migraines and not to make it about me, but I'm, I'm moving uh-huh. it into this idea that I found a migraine study at about 25, something like that. When I, that's been a while. And uh, I called them up and I said, hey, I'm getting these migraines. And they asked me a few questions and I said, yes, the migraine is the light sensitivity. It's the 
uh, feeling like you're, you're sick in your stomach and you, it's just a overall aching, you can't ever get relief from it, you, you're, you know, all of the associated symptoms. And they said, well, how often do you have them? And I said, daily. And their response was, oh, that's not a migraine. We don't know what you have. And he hung up on me. Wow. So I'm interested to know how did they, 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 these, these individuals, they, they didn't have a comment on the definition of migraine. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because no, they didn't. They, they, my doctor pushed to have like all these tests. And like I said, I had like my thyroid tested. I had so many blood tests done that my, they had a hard time trying to find my veins. Like they, they created huge scars, like where, where you put an IV in. Um, and I'll tell you what, like they never had a solution to it, but do you want, you know, what actually stopped my migraines, which I guess is crazy. Um, and I would have optical migraines. So I would lose my peripheral vision and then I would lose my vision straight on. I could only see out of my peripheral and then I would get slammed with a headache. So it was very hard to like read, take notes, like look at the board in class, whatever it was I was doing. But I ended up getting pregnant because they took me off my birth control pills. I got pregnant like the next month and um, had my daughter who is now 20. And I stopped getting them the minute I got pregnant, literally just stopped getting the migraines. We never, like nothing was, nothing ever moved forward from that ever. Um, and, and I never got them again, never got them again, but I did a lot of changing of stuff in my life. Um, after I like when, well, obviously, you know, I was 19 and now right. Yeah. That's a life-changing event for sure. But I started like, yeah, you know, before that, it just felt like everybody decided for me what I wanted to, what I was going to do. Like in for high school, my parents decided I was going to a private school. And then I, when I applied for colleges, they decided which college I was going to go to. And it was like, everyone was just making decisions for me. But when I got pregnant, it was the first time that I probably in my life that I was like, no, I'm going to make the decisions for myself. Like nobody, nobody gets a say in this because it was my body and my life. And now I was, you know, all of a sudden an adult, or at least I thought I was. So did, did that, that, that life change affect also how you went after your health symptoms, like make, making the changes, you know, to, to take action for your own life purpose and, and your direction. Did that it did also not, change? Yeah. No, oh, okay. it did not. I will tell you because what happened was, which this is happens all the time is that if you like once my migraines went away, I was kind of just like, and I started making my own decisions. I was kind of like, I'm good. Like I'm set here. This is the life I thought I wanted. And I continued on with life. I ended up getting married to, he had been like my high school sweetheart. We had been together for three years when I got pregnant and I went on to have three more children and when, or two more children, I'm sorry, three total, adding an extra child in there. (laughs) And when I was like 20, six, I had had my third child. She was one. I started feeling terrible again, like horrible. And nobody could tell me what it was. Like nobody could tell me I had, I had been, um, well, right at 26, I'd been diagnosed with cancer. I started to feel terrible and I went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with cancer. So they knew what that was. Um, I had melanoma uh, stage uh, two melanoma, and it was in several parts of my body. Had surgery, and um, and 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 it really shook me. I'm 26 years old. I have three children, 
and I'm diagnosed with cancer. It really, and, and this is a cancer, if you let it get past a certain point, there's no cure for it. Um, thank goodness it didn't get that far, but after I'd had all my surgeries, I, about a year later, I started feeling terrible again, like horrible. It was like this repeating cycle. And it wasn't that I had migraines. I started having like heart palpitations. I would wake up at night, just sweating. There were times I'd wake up at night feeling so sick and sweating so bad that if I got out of bed, I would literally like pass out. I was shaking. All of these like crazy things were happening. They brought me in. They did all of these tests. Like they were worried my melanoma had spread someplace. It had not. Um, they couldn't find anything. They hooked me up to a heart machine and nothing, literally nothing. And I was so, so sick. I felt terrible. Uh, my migraines had actually come back. Not as bad. They weren't daily. Um, but I, I just had, it was almost like I was having panic attacks, but the way that the doctors describe panic attacks, it wasn't what I was feeling, but it was like every single day, it was a ridiculously low blood pressure. It was just terrible, terrible. And I went from doctor to doctor to doctor and everyone was like, you're fine. Like we don't see anything wrong with you. You're fine. According really to what pressure. they were, they were taking like blood tests or what were they doing yeah. to get to the place of you're fine. I had yeah. blood tests, I had CAT scans, I had chest x-rays, I had MRIs, yeah. I had a stress test. Like at one point the woman's like, get off of the, just get off of the treadmill. You're, you're never, we're never gonna get your heart rate up, Pat. You're fine. Um, I wore a heart monitor so I could, um, and I'm like a, I'm 27, almost 28 years old in ridiculously good shape. And there, literally, if you look at me, there's nothing wrong, but there was something so wrong, but nobody right. would, they, they like couldn't tell me what it is. Like I wore heart monitors. So when my heart started doing those palpitations, mm -hmm. it would do this really weird thing. I could press the button so it would record it. It literally was recording nothing, like nothing was wrong. Even so though I was having it, episodes. So you, you, how would you feel it, experience it wise and not have it show up on the, uh, on a test? I mean, that's really weird. So what, what was the experience? It was weird, but what I realized was that again, I was in my life living a life that I didn't want to live. Mm, like mm -hmm. I was married, I was a stay-at-home mom, I had three amazing children, and I was the most miserable I have ever been in my life with the own with my own choices. You know what I mean? Like there's been some terrible things that have happened in my life, but this was like my own choice. And I was choosing to stay in a relationship that was it, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And my body was like rejecting it. It was rejecting everything that I was doing in my life and everything that was going on and the place and the situation I had gotten myself into. Like my soul was out of alignment. For mm -hmm. lack of a better word, my soul was out of alignment. Wow. To come to that place. So what made you realize you were out of alignment and, and make a decision to get out into well, alignment? Yeah. And I think the, the really the big eye opener in, in, was my cancer. Because I knew then that I was miserable. I, and I, and I even, you know, even said, the doctor said to me, there's, there's really no logical reason why you have um, melanoma. Nobody in my family had had any form of skin cancer. Um, I, I'm not a sun worshiper. I didn't go to tanning beds. I, I don't even tan. Um, and so they were, it was really like the way the doctors approached it, which I guess was really good for me was that we don't know why you have it. It's just something you, your body specifically produced kind of thing. So that made me start thinking, okay, if there's mm -hmm. no medical reason why I have this, it has to be something I'm doing. And I took full responsibility. Like 
I truly believe, and, and I know people don't always like to hear this, but I really do truly believe that we get cancer because we kind of give it to ourselves because of being out of alignment with ourselves, being miserable, not taking action, not being aware of how we're feeling, not, you know, looking at the energy, like disease in the body is dis-ease in the body, which means your energy is out of alignment with where it needs to be. And I do truly own that. And, but I, I, I knew what I needed to do, but I was too afraid to do it. So my body again revolted. And that's when I was having all of those things. And I just decided like, this is crazy. There's no medical reason. So I'm not medically sick. And that's what I told myself. If I was really at that point where if a doctor can't tell me what's wrong, then I'm not medically sick. So how, what other way am I sick? And I started to really assess like, well, where am I not happy? Where am I miserable? Where am I making choices that are out of alignment with what I truly want? Where am I trying to people please? Where do I feel disempowered? Where do I feel like I'm stuck and trapped in my own life? And I don't have to be. I can make any decision and choice that I want to. Wow. And that, that's, that can, that's one, taking charge of and ownership for your experience and not trying to put it outside of yourself. That's different than what we're taught to do. So, I mean, there, there, and, and from this, um, there's that transition period where now you're making the changes and moving into the work that you offer now. So tell us more about that journey and what, what you're doing. So, yeah. So I, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I, um, had gotten, I finally took action. I got divorced. It was, it was very uncomfortable and scary yeah. because I'd been a stay at home mom. I had had side businesses and stuff like that, but now I was on my own with three small children. And, um, my son actually started to get very, very sick. Um, mm-hmm. his body started attacking his eyes and this was all like, he got sick probably six months after I did, after I realized like I had to make a change. And, and I, and I think it was in the process of making the change and um, his body started attacking his eyes. So he was, he was going blind and it, it had been like a long journey of a lot of things. I took him to so many doctors. Nobody could tell me why they just could tell me what was happening. And they put him on multiple, um, multiple steroids. He had, um, he had injections like steroid injections in his eyes um, within, within a year and a half to two years, he ended up having to have an implant put in one of his eyes because he was, the disease was really, really attacking the eye and causing blindness. And this was the only way to kind of correct some of his vision was to put an implant in. And during that process, I was going through a divorce and I look at other people's divorces and in the, in the, in the moment, it felt terrible. It felt like it was overwhelming, but in reality, it was a fairly smooth divorce, but it was a hard transition still. Whenever you end something that mm-hmm. was going on for 11 years or 10 years and, and you know, there's children involved, it's a very sensitive thing, but we ended up getting really good. And we ended up, you know, to the point where my son's disease kind of went dormant, even though he was still taking medicine and, and he was put on, you know, um, chemotherapy medicine to suppress his immune system. And I ended up, um, uh, getting into another relationship and uh, falling in love. And, and I was happy. I felt amazing. Everything was so great. Still in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, why are these things kind of happening to us? But nobody can medically tell us, right. but like I ignored them. And 
uh, for a couple of years, like life was wonderful. I was working, a, a, you know, worked in that corporate job, running, you know, multi-million dollar businesses. And then in 2014, I started to feel uh, late 2013, early 2014, I started to feel like something was very wrong, very, very wrong. And I, in February, 2014, I woke up one morning and my fiance at the time um, had had a heart attack and had died. And let me tell you, my entire world came crashing down, like everything, like my body started shutting down on me. I, my, my emotions, like I didn't want to live anymore. It was the darkest time in my entire life, but not just for me but for my children as well. It was so hard. It was like everything we had ever planned to do, the universe had taken it, ripped it away from me and said, here, start over and and figure it out. Like right from the, you know, like you have nothing left because not only did um, my fiance pass away two weeks later, two and a half weeks later, my grandmother passed away. And within seven months, I had been fired from my job because they were used to do some unethical things. And I literally was sitting there with nothing. And not only was it just like, you know, all this, this crazy stuff had happened to me, but within a month of Mike, my fiance passing, um, my son, uh, my son's disease came back. He ended up in the hospital with panic attacks. And I knew that this wasn't medical. It was like straight in my face that these things that are happening to our bodies are because of our souls. They're because of our emotions. They're because of our, you know, our disconnect. They're because of the tragedies that we're experiencing in life, no matter how severe or, or how, you know, minor the tragedy might look to somebody else that when we are out of alignment or facing things that are truly horrific in our life. And, and again, horrific is, is personal. It's, you know, sometimes horrific can be, you know, car accident where you walk away on, physically undamaged, but mentally it's, it's a bad place or somebody dying or, or somebody being abused or losing a job or going through a divorce. Like there's so many different things. But what I realized was that what we experience in life has a direct correlation with our physical health. And that so many times the doctors can't give us explanations as to why something happens or it just doesn't sit right because it's not a medical thing, it's a soul thing, it's an energy thing, it's a body thing. And that set me on this journey to, you know, uncover into into not just, you know, really embrace my psychic gifts. And that's when I learned of my, really started acknowledging my psychic gifts was when Mike died because I wanted to, I wanted to know that he was still there, that he didn't just leave me, he didn't just disappear. Um, And it brought me into this really deeper understanding of energy and the soul and the body and why we have certain reactions, physical reactions within inside of our body when we're experiencing something outside, you know, something in the physical world. That is quite a journey. Yeah, go through through all of that. So when and and I, I have this temptation to want to jump right to this place where now you're developing this psychic uh, gift and reaching, reaching out for connection again, what did you find? Well, I, I was at that place and Mike died. I was at the place that I didn't know what I believed in. Um, I had been raised, 
congregational it's a christian religion but it's so it's it's not in your face so like yes i believed in god but i didn't know if i really like believed in god um like was there somebody sitting up there watching over us and, and helping us and so i really had no faith nothing nothing and even i remember after my died just feeling like i was being punished like i'd made bad choices in life or something happened and i really i needed to kind of rectify that because I was at a point where it would have been terrible. Like I, you know, at one point, I think I must've said something really bad to my mom because my mom was like, she got the impression that I was going to kill myself basically. And, um, and so on this journey, I realized that like people don't just disappear. It, it helps me to understand energy at an entirely different level. Like we all know the law of attraction, but that's literally just skimming the surface of energy. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to start connecting with energy. I could hear, I could hear people talk. I could see beings, but I had my whole life. Um, I could see things that happened in the future, but now I was really starting to understand how to work with energy and manipulate energy and use energy for healing purposes and being able to feel different energies. And it really opened up this entirely new world of not just communicating because, you know, communicating with guides is, is for me, it's simple, but this whole other idea of working with energy to heal the physical body became so very important to me because I was feeling terrible. I was, I was absolutely having panic attacks. Um, I was feeling horrible. I'd lost so much weight that I'm a tiny person to begin with, but size double zero was like falling off of me. And here's my son, uh, mentally, emotionally, and physically like falling apart because of my fiance's death and just not being able to handle what was going on. So I started to realize the power that we had to work with energy and to change the way that we were living our life. And those changes were uh, hard, very hard to say the least. And I, and I'm well aware of that when I'm like, oh, you've got to, we've got to make changes to your life. You, you've got to change the way you think about things. I remember something really powerful. I went to see a, a shaman actually it was on Mike's birthday, two months after he died. And I was really nervous about my son, which I had never really been nervous about before, but he had a couple of years back, he had choked on a donut in the car. And it was terrifying. Like he was turning blue. He ended up getting it out just as I was pulling over. And he was like, I don't know, seven years old. It wasn't like he was little. I'd given a two-year-old a donut or something. And from that moment on, he had been afraid to chew things, like always afraid he was going to choke. And after Mike died, I was, I started having panic attacks that he would be home because he was Uh, he was a little bit older. And if I ran to the store, he'd stay home by himself and play video games. I was terrified. I just kept seeing him in my head, choking and dying. And I'm a seer. And I've seen all drastic things that I've ever, I saw that I had cancer before, years before I did. I saw my dying before he did. I saw my parents divorce. I saw so many things in my life. So this scared me that I could see this. And when I went to the shaman, she said to me, I don't see this for your son. But what I see is every single time you think of it, you're carving a path, you're carving a path and that path gets deeper Mm. and deeper. And it creates like a river for energy or to flow down just as if water would. She said, you must change the thought because wherever we put our thoughts, we create these pathways for energy to flow. And it literally creates an opportunity or a potential for whatever it is that we're focusing on to become reality. And when she said that to me, I was like, 
I, it literally, I didn't think about him dying or choking again, because it, I could see how powerful energy was and what I was doing with it and how I was being affected by it. So I really started to embrace what we as humans, as spirits, you know, spiritual beings in a human body have the ability to do with energy to change, not just our, our life and our thoughts and, you know, the energy around us, but change our physical body, really start changing that. Well, this is a, a beautiful moment right here where you're describing the, mm, uh, the, the magic inside of law of attraction. You know, you said many people yeah. skim it. Well, that this is the work it is really yeah. paying attention to the thoughts that start on one side of the brain and make its way over to the other side unchecked. And I think this was the, the, the gift that the shaman gave you and what a beautiful perspective. So what did you do with that information? Because it sounds like this is the prelude to your business. Yeah, it was. So I, I actually have two aspects of my business. I, I do psychic channeling for entrepreneurs and for people, but one of the most powerful things that I do, even inside the entrepreneur world, is I help people to heal their souls. I'm a truth seer, so I can see what's happened to your soul in past lives, in, in this life, um, things that have happened in the womb space when you're super little. I can also see what's going to happen to you. I read karmic energy. I can see contracts, all that kind of stuff. So what I realized was that there's so many factors that are affecting the body. And I went on it. This wasn't just like one morning I woke up and I was like, wow, look at all this. I <laughs> right. spent, yeah, it's, it's like a long journey. So I spent about 18 months after I left my job um, trying to build my business, but really embracing all of the information I could find and, and download uh, about energy, about the human body, about the spirit, about the potential that we all hold. And this is, we all hold it. We, every single one of us has it. And I did 18 months of intense channeling. So most of my information, everyone's like, did you read this book? I'm like, no, I don't know anybody. And I haven't read any books because all the information I got has been from my guides. I'm a very intensive channeler. And um, they started to show me that if we can heal every aspect of the body, the mental, the emotional, the physical, the spiritual, then what happens is that we can, we can begin to heal our physical bodies. And I started very slowly on different things. Like I, you know, my son had had panic attacks and he's been like my biggest, I guess, guinea pig. And he's so great about it, but he had been having panic attacks. And the doctor said to me, a psychiatrist said, we, we hospitalized him or you put him on medication. And I was oh. like, put him on medication. And I ended up working with him by myself. He wouldn't speak to a therapist. He he's very shy. He wouldn't talk to a therapist. So I spent a solid six months. I did not want my son on medication. Um, I'm not a big medication person. I never have been. Um, and so I, after six months of intense, like him and I working together, I brought him back to a therapist. They monitored him for a month, um, of like just talking to him and stuff. And we took him hundred percent off of his, um, he was on, um, anti-anxiety medicine. Then he was, he, since then his, um, his autoimmune disorder, which they don't know what it is, but his body started attacking his eyes again in that process. And they were talking about more surgeries. We were doing more things. And about three years ago, um, three or four years ago, they told me that they wanted to go in and his, his body was now attacking his good eye and that they wanted to go in and do surgery. And at that point, I had been really deep in 
helping people to heal, helping myself to heal with like the mental, the emotional, the physical, the spiritual, going into all aspects. And I said to the doctor, no, like I said, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to do surgery. You can't tell me why it's happening. And the surgery is, I think this will help. And I said, I don't, I can't do, I can't let you cut into his only eye that's still good because you think something will help. So I asked him, how much time do I have before he goes blind? Because it's the leading cause of blindness in children. And he said to me, if you let me put a steroid injection in his eye, and I think he was 14 at the time. Yeah, he just turned 14. And he looked at my son and he'd been my son's doctor since he was six for this, for this illness. And he's like, bud, you'll, you'll sit and let me put a, a needle in your eye. And my son just looked at me and looked at him and said, shrugged his shoulders and said, okay. And I just was like, oh my God, I can't do this to my kid anymore. So I said, to, he said, you have three months. And I said, okay, thank you. And he said, but you need to come back after three months. I didn't go back till three and a half years. And I spent those three and a half years healing my son. Um, we did everything that I knew how to do from emotional stuff, mental, mental stuff, physical stuff. I did energy healing on him. We did past life stuff. And, and the interesting thing with children is that so much of it is connected to their parents. So there was relationships and past lives between him and I that had to be healed and fixed and karmic energy had to be broken. The soul had to be realigned. Um, I had to do um, actual physical healing on his eye to remove things from his eye. And when I took him back to the doctor um, about, and every time I'd say to him, how's your vision? Like, did it change? How's it? We, I, would, I wasn't just oblivious. I didn't just ignore what was going on. We were, I was very well aware and I would tune in with my guides, ask my guides. They kept telling me he was fine. So I took him back to the doctor after three and a half years, just um, this past August. And he was like, God, it's been so long since I saw you. And you could tell he was so nervous. And he, you know, he did his exam and he was super quiet. They did all the tests that they always do. And the doctor looked at me, he's like, it's been three and a half years. And I said, I know. I just sat there and he's like, I don't know what you did. He said, but there is not a stitch of disease in this kid. His eye is mm. 20-20 vision in that one eye. The bad eye had not gotten any worse. And there was not one single sign of of him ever being sick aside from like the, the surgery that the guy had already, that the doctor had already done because of his bad eye. What he an said, amazing testament. Yeah, it is. And he said, you know, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. He said, I will see you in two years unless Noah recognizes some signs and he's 17. So he's pretty well aware. And it was, I was so nervous going in there, but my guides kept saying, he's fine. He's fine. And it was so powerful to know that the, this, this disease has never been healed by healing ever. He has uveitis is what it's called. And the doctor cannot explain what happened, but all I know is the stuff that I do, it works. The, the, if we heal our souls, if we heal our emotional body, if we heal our mental body, if we work to heal our physical body and the energetic body that lies inside of us, we, we can heal anything. And I truly believe that. I've worked with people with Alzheimer's. I've worked with people with cancer. I work on a little boy right now. He's got a brain tumor. Um, I, I work with people. I've worked with broken bones before, um, pulled shoulders, you know, tendons that are, um, you know, that are um, ripped, uh, muscles, everything is healable with energy. And it's interesting because um, my children are very involved in this. And my daughter, we were driving the other day and she said, Ma, 
do you think you could grow somebody's leg back from energy? And I was like, <laughs> I don't actually know. I, I want it. Let's try. Let's try. I know. I've had that question posed to me before too. And you know, like, I say that too. I'm like, if you give your body what it needs, it'll heal itself. It goes on to a journey. And um, I was asked that question. Well, if I cut off my arm, will you be able to grow it back? Well, that's, I think that's up to the person. So let's have, <laughs> let's have an experiment, shall we? <laughs> no, don't. But, uh, I, yeah. but you're so right. If yeah. I can only do my part, right. if the individual on the other side, like if I'm healing you and you're closed and you're not receptive, I can heal your shoulder. Like, let's say you have a pain in your shoulder. I can heal the pain in your shoulder. So you feel amazing, but you'll be back in a week because we're not healing the underlying right. problem. Right. And that's what you must get to, but you have to be an active participant in the healing process. It's not magic in the sense that I wave my magic wand. It's magic in the sense that if we just do the work we need to do, we can heal anything in the physical body. I truly believe this. Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't allow my son to have surgery. I risked him going blind because I, I completely believe in this. Um, and with myself too, like, I just, something I've, wholeheartedly subscribe to. And I feel that anybody who's out of alignment, whether you're building a business, this is the first step. If you're, if something's not going correctly in your life and you feel junky, you feel tired, you feel overwhelmed, you, you know, have a chronic, you know, shoulder pain or a autoimmune disorder, fibromyalgia, uh, all of those things can be healed by healing yourself, healing yourself. The medicine is a bandaid. To me, the medicine is a bandaid. It just covers the symptoms. Even even just a short term symptom that can help you get to the next step. It's great. So as folks are listening to you and they resonate with this concept, which I I believe in it too, how can they interact with you? What's the best way they can reach out? Yeah. So I have a private Facebook group. Um, it's free. It's completely free. It's called the Apple Entrepreneur. We do a lot of entrepreneur things, but I do a lot of healing because I do believe that the foundation of anything you do in your life is healing. So if you're gonna build a business, you must heal. If you're going to open your psychic abilities, which I teach people how to heal as well. And if somebody's interested in learning how to heal, I have um, an academy that I actually teach people how to be healers on all levels. Um, any level of energy that people want, any, any um, modality, I can teach them all and I do them all. Um, so it's on Facebook. It's called Affluent Entrepreneur, or you can follow me on Instagram. It's Carrie Cardoso. Very good. I'm going to, I, I think I'm a member of Affluent Entrepreneur. Um, cool. If I'm not, I'll double check and make sure I am because th this is, this is my world too, you know, using yeah. uh, the psychic ability to help heal. So beautiful. Thank you for that, for sharing. And I always wrap up a, um, the whole show with this final question. <laughs> what do you feel is the most important thing to remember when searching for answers? That you have all of the information inside of you. Ooh, uh, yes. I'm a psychic and I give people information every day, but I would much rather teach you how to access the information inside of you than be your lifelong psychic. Um, it, no matter what it is, whether our bodies are, are um, not supporting us, whether we need to make a decision in our life, whether we're building a business, whether we're questioning who we really are, every single thing you could possibly need is already inside of you. Your job is to reconnect to uncover what it is. Oh, beautiful. That is, that is the work, isn't it? Well, it is, yeah. thank you so much, Carrie, for being on the show. I truly appreciate you and your time. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Yeah.
Yeah, good. So thank you listeners for being out there and listening to When Doctors Say We Don't Know. This has been another engaging conversation and I'm hopeful that those of you listening will hear that message of hope so that you too can turn your experience of pain into triumph. If you're driving and can't click on the links or just simply can't do it right now for whatever reason, <laughs> the show notes uh, with Carrie's information will be uh, in our page. Um, whatever your favorite listening podcast um, where, you, where you're hearing us today, or you can go to theelevateinstitute.com and follow the podcast links for today's show. There's more to talk about. Tune in next week for the next episode of When Doctors Say We Don't Know. This is Eva Venari reminding you to question everything. <laughs>